Today on the A-Game Podcast, we have Eddie Truck Gordon. Eddie is a motivational speaker. He is the author of Forever Trucking, and he is a successful professional MMA fighter who has fought in the UFC and many other promotions across the country. He is also the ultimate fighter winner of season 19 on Team Frankie Edgar, and an amazing guy and a great inspirational story. One of the nicest killers you guys will ever meet, and I think you will get a ton out of the podcast today. Eddie Truck Gordon. You can find him at truck, T-R-U-C-K, at eddietruckgordon.com. If you want to email him, his website is eddietruckgordon.com. Instagram, at truckgordon, T-R-U-C-K-G-O-R-D-O-N. And his uh, Twitter handle is at truckmma underscore UFC. And you could buy his book, Forever Trucking, Mastering the Will to Win, on Amazon or go on Google and find other places to buy it. Eddie Truck Gordon, good guy, good friend, good fighter, great inspiration. Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People who have figured out how to live the lives they want with passion and integrity. And no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. internet these days you can actually figure out almost anything if you figure put the time it's like piecing together all the the puzzles and all the the mazes but it's crazy man we're in the information world it's nuts i love it it's crazy man it's almost overwhelming at times you know dude let me tell you something it does get overwhelming but for me man i like i love the, the controlled chaos based off of everything that i try to kind of you know put together man and I truly believe that when things are the craziest is when I kind of perform the best because there's no time to think. I'm, I'm an overthinker, man, believe it or not. I feel like when I live with the spur of the moment, I just freaking do so much better in life. Yeah. I, I tell people a lot, like, especially like uh, when I go to like the real estate meetups and stuff like that, and people are always asking about jujitsu and stuff. And I'm like, honestly, the, the thing that I think I love about it is for like for that hour, you have to be thinking about what's exactly in front of you or somebody's going to take your arm, take your neck, punch you in the face, like whatever it is. Like you, you don't have the luxury of letting your mind wander. It's like one of the only times during the day that I'm forced to be in the moment. Like, and I didn't even like realize that that happens, but just kind of separating that for an hour a day, it just makes the rest of your day so much better. You know, when your brain just gets that kind of zombie mode for a little bit, like it just changes everything for me, man. Especially when I don't want to do it. And I'm like, I can't. You hit it. You hit it on the head, man. I swear. When I do like my coaching calls, I say you got to find that flow. And jujitsu is where, you know, you find your flow. Everybody got to find what it is that kind of sets them up for that success. Because if something's too, too hard and you're just so, you know, anxious and worried about getting through it, time's going to feel like it just takes forever. But if it's too, too easy and you're completely bored, it's just like, oh man, this sucks. But when it's like just right and you're rolling with somebody who's, you know, uh, even if they're like a high level and they, they you just flowing with them going back and forth, the time just evaporates. And there's no difference between jujitsu, mixed martial arts and life. 
if you find your flow and your consistency where something is not too crazy extreme hard and not too simply boring, dude, you're gonna like you're gonna be so much, you're gonna be another level of life and you just be so happy, man. So you hit it on the head, man. And I think that's why we're addicted to it. Yes. That's why we're addicted to jujitsu because we love the competition, we love it, and there's nothing like it. You can't explain that to like a, a quote unquote average normal person. It sounds weird to them, you know? It's it's crazy. Um, yeah, so dude, one of the things I wanted to uh, to get into with you is that you're, again, like, um, I think I was talking to you about it, and then uh, Manimal jumped on, and I wound up talking to him, and it was such a good conversation, man. Like, you know, usually I get to talk to you guys like a couple of minutes in between rounds or on the way in and the way out. Like, so when I sat down and he got to just talk for like an hour, I was like, holy shit, man. Like, I didn't realize all these different things he had going on and all like just the kind of his philosophies and the stuff that goes on his head. So initially, like I, I saw you were doing podcasts and stuff and you had like a big social media presence, which, you know, when I get this out, I'll, I'll put like a list up of all your, like your, um, your links and things like that for your social media and your podcast and your website. But, uh, one of my buddies was telling me like, or I, I was listening to him on a podcast and somebody had died and he was like, that's why I started doing the podcast. Cause we were all in bands and then everybody had kids and started touring. And I was like, you know what? Like, at least if I get somebody that I used to go tour with once a, a week or once a month and I get to touch base with people, I'll enjoy the conversation even if nobody else ever listens to it again. And I was like, man, it's perfect because I'm always on the road. I don't get to see any of you guys as much as I'd like to. So I thought it was just a, just a perfect fit. So I was trying to think of interesting people. And uh, I initially wanted to do just real estate. And I was like, well, that's stupid because that's who I'm around all day anyway. Like, I want to talk to people from other sides of life and anybody that just does anything different that just kind of grabs life by the balls and just refuses to live like just the average life and you know takes chances and does risky stuff and finds that balance whether it's business or, or martial arts or fighting or, or whatever man and you tend to have all of those bases covered like every time I talk to you or I see you post something or I, I hear you talking about something like you're onto something else and you're never doing it just a little you're always grabbing it and like kicking the shit out of it and like taking it to the next level. Like you don't do anything small at all. Like, you know, so, but you're always happy, dude. Like you're never stressed. You're always in a good mood. You all, since day one, since we were freaking rolling with no lights on at Longo's before you went on the ultimate fighter, you would still come down there with the smile ear to ear. You would always have good energy. You would always have positive vibes. Like, you know, you just always been a good guy, man. So I find people that find success in some of their other stuff, but there's never that balance. So I was really interested in hearing how you kind of keep yourself positive and grounded and happy and motivated because you've achieved a lot of things too, but you just keep freaking climbing that mountain, man. So I just love to hear about all of it, whatever you feel like going on. It's, I tell you what, man, it's crazy. You said a lot of key things, man. It's, it's, it's a constant climb. It, it, it is just that it's climbing a mountain. And I genuinely believe that I found my flow. I found my happy place through all of my failures and, and like my obstacles I dealt with. I literally, I had like the ups and downs of life, man. And you never hear anybody ever talk about the downs because that's not cool. That's not, <laughs> that's not socially correct, but that's the only reason why I'm literally here. That's the only reason why I'm, I, I learned to, to, to smile. I learned to be happy. I learned to every single bad thing that happened to me. I have like a three day rule, whether it's good, whether it's bad, whether it's amazing. I got a three day rule. Either I'm going to be super excited about it for three days and then it's time to move on to, to the next thing or I'm going to be pissed off, sad and depressed about it for three days because if you kind of lose that that raw emotion then you're not going to be mad if you lose because you're like, ah, oh, whatever. You're not going to be happy if you win. You're like, ah, oh, whatever. So I embrace it. 
the good, the bad, the indifferent. I embrace it. I just don't put it on somebody else. Because a lot of times when you're miserable, you're unhappy, you give that energy to somebody else. Like when I'm pissed off, I'm mad, I'm unhappy, I keep it internal. I find my, my, my outlets to, to, to get rid of it, whether it's running, whether it's you know going downstairs, punching the bag, lifting weights. I find that outlet for it. I don't want to give it to other people. If I'm going to give somebody something, I want to be contagiously energetic, motivating, and passionate. A lot of times I do my videos and people don't get it. It's, like, it's almost like my therapy too. You know, when I'm talking to people, I'm reaching out because I want to help somebody. And I used to be fixated on numbers because, you know, being a finance guy, I was always on numbers, numbers, numbers because men lie, women lie, numbers don't. But what I've come to realize is that numbers do, they're, they're misleading. Like, especially when you talk about the social media world, right? You see some people with huge followings, they, they look at their engagement and it's garbage. If you got a bunch of people and nobody's listening, who gives a shit? But if you have 100 people and 60 people are listening, dude, you got a 60% engagement. And that goes a lot longer, a lot farther as far as reach goes. So I came with this philosophy that I stole from, from one of my mentors who I love, Gary Vee. He always says, you know, one's greater than zero. And like, when you think about it, you break it down, you're like, holy shit. If you never started this podcast, you would have zero listeners. Day one, who knows how many listeners you're gonna have, but you know what, one's greater than zero. And that one person that, that might listen to this and get some value added to their life, and instead of you know going to their nine to five or doing something that they're absolutely miserable, that they, they dread on Monday morning and eventually having a heart attack because they literally hate it so much, they might say, you know what, I'm gonna give this a shot. I'm gonna pursue my passion, pursue my dream. And then you be like, you can change their life. So one's greater than zero. We never know who the heck we're connecting with. And that's the philosophy I live with, man. And by doing that, I've learned to be free. It sounds crazy, it sounds insane, but I learned to just be who I am. And if somebody doesn't accept me who I am, then screw it. And this sounds nuts, but when I won the Ultimate Fighter, was probably one of the, the craziest times of my life because people were so negative towards me. And I didn't understand it. I was like, dude, like not, that, not my inner circle, but like just random people on social media. Oh, we hate you. Oh, you're this, you're phony, you're this. Like it was just shit just getting thrown against the fan. And I was like, dude, this is insane. I had probably one of the biggest athletic moments, you know, my mixed martial arts career. I'm thinking, you know, this is like the best thing ever. And people were just like so negative. When I lost on Ultimate Fighter 25 Redemption, people were like so like loving and caring. It was just like, and I drew the conclusion. I came to the conclusion after like, I'm a big believer in like self-evaluation. People don't want to see you do bad. They just don't want to see you do better than that. Huh. So when I failed on their eyes on a, on, a, on a certain scale, they almost felt comfortable. They thought, oh, I can reach out to this guy. But when I was like ultra successful, they're like, oh, screw this. This guy's doing better than me. This guy got a six-figure contract. He's got too much opportunity. Bullshit. He's lucky. Overnight success. But nobody sees all of the work and everything you put into it. So it's crazy. And when I, when I, when I realized that, Something like, so I had like my aha moment. I was like, I can't live for everybody else. I can't please everybody. The people that know me know how much I care about them, how much I want to see other people win. I got to live on that. Not on the, the fly-by-night fans that I might never see, never know. And you just really don't have a chance to, to impact their, their life. Once I understood that, everything changed. I was able to look at like the glass, like half full instead of like half empty. And it sounds crazy because... 
when I first told some people that, like my, my inner circle, they're like, that doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, bro, I went to my Instagram DMs. I just, I just, I just started scrolling through it. Like, look at this. Like, the, it, it's insane. But those, I came to the conclusion as well that those same people that I was throwing the shade, throwing the hate, they didn't really dislike me. They didn't know me. They really were dealing with something internal that was going on in their life. And that was the way of them, like, releasing that outlet of it. If they feel like they could attack somebody else, that, that, that life seems like it's all together, that it's going to make them feel a little bit better about, about their life. So I learned, man, just like, like don't, even, don't even worry about it. Don't even sweat it. And I, I value the DMs that I get. And, dude, I, I'll send you some screenshots. Like, dude, I get some sick, powerful DMs. Like, people that are thinking about committing suicide that, that after they heard my story, they're like, oh, dude, holy shit, thank you so much. I get DMs from people that watch certain videos I post that I never even knew, knew I was alive just saying thank you so much. I watch your stuff every day. And whenever when they're like reciting stuff that I'm talking about, I'm like, holy shit, they're not just just, just pumping my head full of full of air. And like things like that, that's like the reason why like I do what I do. And some people don't understand it, man. Like I generally say it all the time. It sounds corny, it sounds boring, but my legacy is not about how many homes I own, how many cars I drive, figuring how much money's in my bank account. It's gonna how many fights I even win. Cause everybody's gonna forget about me after my career is over. It's about how many lives I can impact in different ways. And mixed martial arts gave me the platform that I'm forever grateful, whether, you know, from the UFC, the Ring of Combat, the PFL, like they gave me the platform to reach people that I probably couldn't reach. Knucklehead kids that don't want to listen to the successful business guy. Knucklehead kids that don't want to listen to a quote unquote author or somebody that, that they can't relate to. Like now I'm able to relate to them because whether you realize or not, every single person in this planet is fighting for something. We're all fighters. So that's why people can relate, you know, to, to like my message. And that's the most, the biggest thing that I'm grateful for. And that's why everything I do, even though it seems like I'm doing a lot, I really am not. I'm not doing a lot because everything I'm doing has the same like central base. Everything feeds off of one thing. So whether I'm a real estate guy and I'm flipping commercial property, rental property, single family homes, double units, I'm still a real estate guy. So it's like literally the, the analogy is that it might seem like I'm doing a lot out there, but it's all like it's all it's all about you know helping people believe in themselves, helping people better themselves, helping people find like the amazing that they have inside of them because we all got it. We all got something that we're amazing at. There's something that every single one of us can do well that somebody else sucks at, and vice versa. It's just that we gotta look at it with a different eye because when you're really great at something, to you it's normal, it's easy. You don't you don't see it as a gift. You don't see it as an art because it's what you're good at. You look at Jason Rao. This kid is, he's a freak of, he's a phenom when it comes to jujitsu. But to him, in his mind, he's just the same white belt that started that's just been training and drilling and drilling and drilling and drilling. But he can't see it from, and that's probably the best example I got at BJJ Wise because I remember starting around the same time as Jason and like being able to like just out muscle him. Yeah. And it was just like, you know, I'm like, dude, these guys are training all the time. I'm just, I'm a big athletic guy and I, and I can hit. Now, dude, I'm leaving that place mangled. I'm like humbled when I roll with him. And he's a small guy. Like, you see that guy in the bar, you think you're going to beat this guy up. But like, he'll literally end your life. <laughs> like, people, the average person don't realize. Like, even yourself, dude, you're a shorter guy. You know, I'm vertically challenged too. So listen, I can relate. But like, if you're in a bar and some dude acts up, like, you can literally end his life. I don't care how big, how strong he is. 
Nine out of ten fights are going to end up on the ground, end up with you know, you're, you're pulling the clothes and all that stuff, and you will end his life. If there's not somebody in there to, to stop it and, and break it up and separate it, like, people don't understand that. And that's like, that's almost like the gift and the curse, like Spider-Man, right? Like, the, <laughs> the greater you are, the greater you are, like, the more responsibility you have. Like, well, look when you're Matt trained in Ireland, Matt, Matt controlled that guy. That was a beautiful example of it, like, if that perfect person, example. they didn't know how to control themselves and control their emotions and have that lack of insecurity, that would have been a really bad day for everybody. There would have been jail and punches, but fucking Matt Sarah, dude, you know what I mean? Like, and that's the thing, man, especially when you mix alcohol in the equation, man, like, like people don't realize it, man, it's a scary world we live in. They think that what we do is, is wild going in a cage, fighting somebody one-on-one. That's the safest environment you have to fight. God forbid you get knocked out or somebody grabs a, like there's paramedics, there's doctors, there's it's this dude. You go to a bar, you don't know what this dude got in the car, you don't know what weapons he's gonna grab at an actual bar. Like you don't know how many friends are around. It's so it's crazy. Like people just don't understand that. But when you have that that presence of jujitsu, boxing, kickboxing, whatever mixed martial arts it is, like your confidence level is through the roof. You know you can protect yourself. Everything that they're doing is in super duper slow motion. But it's like they don't understand it because everybody's a Sunday morning quarterback when you're watching, you know, mixed martial arts on TV. Yeah. Oh, that guy sucks and this guy sucks and that. It's crazy. I can't watch fights at like a local bar around idiots anymore. I, I don't do it. I after Chris fought, after Chris fought uh, Anna Silva, I said I can't, I can't. I can never watch it again because you just hear some of the craziest things. And it's not really their fault because they're just ignorant when it comes to the actual sport. And they're just catching on to the newest popular thing. But when you hear them, it's just, it's frustrating, especially when you're emotionally tied to the fighters. Oh, like it's, I know, dude, yeah. It's crazy. Uh-huh. I'm, dude, I'm telling you, man, this podcast is going to be huge, Nikki. I don't know I don't know if you understand it or realize it. Not just my episode because I'm an ego maniac. I'm talking about this podcast <laughs> in general because I've done so many different podcasts, so many different interviews, so many different things. And what we need is more of this, more authenticity, just literally just catching up, just talking and just kicking it. And this is like, this is huge, man. And that's where, that's where the biggest things always start is when somebody just actually just wanted to connect with their friends. Cause this might be, I know you now for probably over five or six years. This is probably the longest conversation we ever had yeah. uninterrupted. <laughs> like, insane, insane. I like that, man. Like I, I didn't, I didn't even realize how much I liked it and how much I, I needed it and how much it makes my day better. And every time I've done one, that's why like, usually I'm trying to fit it in somewhere. I'm like, I'm going to do them early in the morning because it's, it literally will make my whole day better. You know what I mean? Like I've never done one. I haven't done that many yet, but I've never done one. And then afterwards been like, I wish you didn't do that. And like, you know, when I used to first started teaching real estate classes, it was like, how the hell am I going to fill an hour? And I'm like, how am I going to fill three days? But by the end, I'm like, there's so much shit I never even got to. I could have done a week. And that's what I'm finding with these too. It's like, I'm never like, Oh, I'm running out of stuff. I could talk to animal for another 10 hours of, about anything. You know what I mean? Like, it's awesome. And you man. learn so much about somebody that you thought you knew everything about. Like yeah, that's too, right? that's the craziest thing. Like that's and that's what's missing though in our life. I think social media is such a gift, but such a curse that we've learned to almost communicate without communicating. But if we actually use it for the way it was meant to be and built, instead of what how it's monetized, like it's powerful, man. You can sit there and have conversations. You can sit there and have mentors that you might never ever have to actually meet. You can sit there and actually impact people's lives without even knowing it. Like, I'm not going to say the girl's name. Had a conversation with a girl today. Never met this girl in my life. Fitness girl. 
absolutely drop dead gorgeous. You would think that her life is like amazing. And just kicking it with her, talking with her, found out she tried to commit suicide. She, her, she has like slits, slits on her wrist. She's like, dude, I don't think you understand how like you motivate me. Like, like, like I'm super inspired by you. And dude, she has a bunch of like sponsored, uh, whether it's clothing, this, that, like all bunch of different gigs. She makes good money now on Instagram. And like her life is completely different. But she sent me a screenshot of other guys like bashing her saying, oh, you're this, you're that, that are talking shit about her. Meanwhile, dude, she was like a high level gymnast. And like people don't realize like being in gyms and all that stuff, like, like that's, high, that's tough stuff, man. And if you're trying to, your goal is the Olympics, how many people in the Olympics go per country? One. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, people don't realize the pressure. And like, I didn't even get into the full story. Like I had a coaching call with her coming up and she's like, yo, when we finally meet, like, ah, I feel really awkward. I'm have scars on my wrist. I'm like, don't feel awkward. Like, dude, you went through something. Those scars, like be proud of them because that's just like an actual symbol. That's a, a trophy of that you survived. You didn't just survive. You're now thriving in life. So like, don't listen to what these idiot naysayers say that don't have a clue about you. They're probably jealous because you look better than your significant other or they don't have a significant other and they're just throwing shade at you. And dude, when she told me that, I was blown away because I know this person for like five minutes, for five minutes. And it's just like, that's the impact that social media has. Like we could, we could be the guy that's throwing shade at her, DMing her, talking shit to her and tearing people down. Or we could be like me doing little videos here and there. And it wasn't even geared directly towards her. She just found the message in it. And like, just, we just reached out. So it's like, we could build people up or we could tear them down. It's the choice that we have. So like, who are we gonna be? We're gonna be either the, 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 the demo guy knocking shit down, or we're gonna be the architect you know, building stuff up. You have good analogies, man. I like it. Yeah, I explained to you. I, I just threw that shit out there. I was figuring out. I actually liked that. I was thinking in my head. I'm like, wow, that's, that, that's, uh, that could be the next video. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and the demo guy, I mean, it, it's, it's fun to knock shit down sometimes, but it's nowhere as productive or satisfying as building stuff up, man. I, when I used to do stopping shops, we would go in there. I was the first guy in there with the broom, just mopping shit and like knocking stuff out or at Sears. I don't really remember all that. Like it was, you go in for a couple of days. But I remember like the last shelf going in and like just the finishing touches to this day. Like when I, when I drive by those, it's like, I had a part of building that it's a fucking stop and shop. Who gives a shit? You know what I mean? But it feels good to help create something that like is, is long lasting that, that people are going in there and buying stuff and enjoying stuff and they're employed there. And you know, I, I agree, man. It just, it feels so much better helping things construct that like people get something out of what you just did. You just literally just made, uh, a metaphor and an analogy for life. Like that's what a legacy is about. You hear people throwing this shit around now. Everybody's throwing these two words around. Entrepreneurship, and all of a sudden being an entrepreneur became the most like sexiest term everybody does. Everybody has CEO, CFO, this millionaire, the entrepreneur on their like their, their profiles and legacy. Everybody was talking about their legacy, talking about their legacy. But what you just said, our legacy is about building shit up, man. Like I'm gonna die. Like that's the, that's guaranteed. I know, I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I am going to die. But my legacy can live on through other people forever. If I can just keep, it's like almost like telephone, give somebody a little bit of power that they can better themselves. They're going to pay for it by doing that for somebody else. And that, that person can do it for somebody else. And it, is, it just grows exponentially. That's what a legacy is about. And it starts for me with my kids, man. It starts for me at home. Like I work my tail off. Like I don't do some of the knucklehead stuff that I done when I was a younger kid because now I got, you know, four little kids watching what I'm doing and whether they admit it or not, like that's like building their foundation. Like that's, 
That's how they're learning. By kids don't learn by what you tell them. They learn by looking at what you do. You know, and that's the same thing for adults, man. I can say, you know, touch your nose and everybody will go and touch their freaking nose. I say, you know, touch your forehead and I touch my ear and everybody's going to automatically touch their ear. Like it's scientifically proven, man. And that's the crazy part about it. And that's why it doesn't matter how down, how pissed off, how, how hard my day is, man. I have to have to find something good in it. And that's why I think people love having animals and pets and especially dogs because yeah, man, good. Dog's the best. The best. I don't care how shitty your day is. Your dog don't care if money's in your bank account. Your dog don't care about nothing. Your dog don't care if you didn't even feed him in a fucking week. You walk through that door, that dog is the happiest thing ever. It's jumping on you. It's happy. It's giving you love. And that's like, that's unconditional. So when women call men dogs or guys call women dogs, I'm looking at like, dude, they're crazy. Don't call them a dog. Call them something else. Call them like a gnat that just stings you and bites you and sucks your blood. Not a dog. A dog's awesome. Dogs are the best, man. They really are. I, I, whenever like I'm coming back to New York, I'll be like, oh, I can't wait to get home and see my dog. And like, like at the time, like Sabrina or somebody, they'd be like, Ahem, or my mom and dad, I'd be like, well, you guys too. But I mean, the dog, you know, like <laughs> just the dog, it's just the best, you know? It's awesome, man. You brought up a really good point too. Like a couple of things that I wanted to find out kind of how you tick with it is first off, everybody comes up with excuses of why they can't do shit, you know? So I happen and I don't, you know, I don't have kids and stuff like that yet, but the same way that people think it's nuts when they're like, oh dude, I saw you post that you were in Seattle and you went to jujitsu at 4.30 in the morning. I always tell them it's because there's 24 hours in a day and jujitsu is something I love and I want to get better at. And if I want to get my black belt in it, that's what I have to do is I have to find the time when other people won't. And if anybody, I, I'm, I'm not going to get a black belt by sitting at home on the couch and fucking making excuses to not show up. I'm going to get it by going on the mat. And anybody that would give it to me for not getting better, I wouldn't want it from anyway. So everybody has that same time, but people, oh, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. And then I look at you and you have, I mean, successful UFC fighter. You just fought twice in what, like two months. Um, your podcast, your training, you have your own business, you do your social media and you have four kids and a pretty recent wife. Congratulations. Um, you'll find time for everything. You're still at the gym all the time. You, I mean, you make time for this. The, uh, week or two ago when I was calling about getting this going within like 10 minutes, you were like, I'll call you right now. Like you seem to always make time for stuff and it, you never seem rushed. You're always engaged in conversations, which I think is a huge miss that most people don't, even if they're making their time for their friends or their kids, they're not really dialed into what they're doing. They're thinking about the next thing. And I've never gotten that impression from you. How do you balance that when everybody else is saying that they can't, when you could make that excuse and you don't? I tell you what, man, this is a great question. I genuinely believe that anything that's like meaningful and important to us, we're going to find a time to do it. And I'm a big believer, man. It might be for like my, my football, you know, college career or just my finance career. I'm a big believer in like writing stuff down. Like people always say how busy they are. You said it. We got 24 hours. Can we go off of eight hours of sleep? That's great. But our body can function pretty well for five, six. But let's just say eight. You look at the actual, you know, how many hours are in, in, in the day. You still have 16 hours. Even if you work eight hours, you still got another eight. How are you spending that time? and make the time count. Like just because you're busy doesn't mean you're being productive. And most people, most people just can't fathom that. They say, oh, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy. But are you being productive? Like it's really cool. You hear like, you know, you know, Gary, who I look up to, you hear Eric Thomas, who I think is another awesome dude, talk about grind, grind, grind. Grinding is good, but you know, I'd rather work smarter, not harder. I want to put, 
you know, I want to make sure that I'm being productive. And, you know, they're being productive. They don't, you know, but they don't have, how much time can you actually go and tell all the details? When you do private coaching calls with those guys, that's where you're going to get, the, you know, the, the, the literally the, the intricate details because they can give but so much, you know, to the mass. And I juggle my time based off of what I prioritize. Like, I'm a big believer in family. I'm a big believer also in success leaves clues. I started doing a lot more reading now than I ever done. And whenever you read, like, to get toward like, the end of any book, whether it's a real estate book, finance book, fighting book, whatever, and they talk about what, what they regret, I'm a big believer in looking what people regret. Nine out of 10 of these guys who are ultra successful, all the money in the world, the thing that they regret the most is not spending time with their family and chasing money more than, than, than they're, they were enjoying the actual moment. They were always thinking about the past, how they could have been better. They think about what they're going to do in the future. And they're just not embracing and living in the present. And that for me is like, that's why I look at that. I'm like, you know what? This guy has all the money in the world, but what is he missing? So everything I do is based off like my family unit, man. Like I have my boys. I want to literally build them up so they can be amazing people. So I say, all right, this is what I got the family. And I kind of branch off and figure out what I can do then. And sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes I got to bring my two-year-old who's a psychopath nut job <laughs> to the gym and he's running around all, all over the place. And sometimes, you know what, I got to bring, you know, the, my, my kids, you know, to the gym or I got to bring one kid to another kid's practice so I can transfer them over here and there. And it gets so crazy where sometimes I had to make my youngest son play up with his older brother and he sacrificed and he, you know, he wasn't the man playing with his age because I didn't have enough time to, to pick and choose which kid I'm going to go support. So it's a bit, it's about communication, man. It's about if your family truly, genuinely loves you and cares about you, they're going to work with you and help you because I don't care how much you want to say how successful we are. We did it by ourselves, self-made millionaires, self-made, that's BS. We all need a support system, man. If you don't have a support system, you can go faster in something, but you're not going to be able to go farther. And that's just a fact, man. And, and I hate excuses. I hate excuses so much. I don't believe in them. I don't accept them from my kids. I don't, I guess the one thing I, I just can't do. You could, you could make a mistake, but you just can't make an excuse because I truly believe that that's why I love fighting so much because there's nobody to blame whether I win, whether I lose. There's nobody to blame. Like, I, and that's the thing that like turns me off about certain people. Like, I can't blame my weight cutting specialist when I knew that I signed up a fight for six months, I knew I had to be that weight. Like my, 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 my coach wasn't the one eating extra calories and, and not doing the running. Like when people make those excuses, it irks me. Like, I don't have time to train. Dude, I have kids, like I, I bring them to me, I make the time and, 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 do, and sometimes you're gonna have to sacrifice and figure out what's important to you. That's the most important thing. Find out what is the most important thing to you and start allocating time towards that. And if you can, and if you can't do something today, do it tomorrow. It's like, don't just give up and quit on it. It's like, you can't get healthy in one meal and you're not gonna get fat in one meal. It's vice versa, it's gotta be consistent. So it doesn't matter what it is, I'm just trying to always stay consistent. And it sounds really good, it sounds easy, but things are going well. The time that you need it the most is when things suck, when you got no money in your bank account, when, when your freaking bills are due, you don't know where that money's coming from. When you have a fight with your girlfriend, your wife, your fiance, whoever it is, or you know you deal with somebody that passes away in your family, that's the time where you, your, your faith and your beliefs are gonna get tested. That's when it's gonna be like, all right, 
what's important to me, why did I start this journey, and I got to balance the time, you know, you know, you know accordingly, and I got to balance my emotions accordingly because ultimately it's emotional. I want to do the things that make me feel good. I want to do the things that make me happy. I don't want to get up and run at five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I don't want to get up and diet. I don't want to do those things, but sometimes the things that you don't want to do are the things you need to do the most. So it's a balancing act with emotion, man, because it's easy to do things I love. And like, like I'll go to the gym 24 seven because I generally love the guys I train with. I like the environment. I like the way I feel, but like the other things like being healthy and all that other stuff, like I like the way I feel when it's done, but I don't like the process, but that's, that's a part of it. Like there's, <laughs> there's, there's no, it's no if and the ways about it. And you can either make excuses and cry about it, or you could get it done. And then once it's done and complete, then you feel 10 times better about it. So I always think the hardest things you got to do, the more you got to get out of your comfort zone, that's where you're going to find the most reward. I agree, man. It's, it's funny because it, you talk to anybody that's successful and they're saying all the same things, but people still will, you could ask, you line up 10 of us that have all done well. And every one of us individually says that exact thing. And you get somebody else that's going to go, I'm going to go find an 11th person. Cause I'm just like, I feel like whatever it is like, ah, that's what everybody says. Oh, that's just bullshit. It's like, dude, you could talk to anybody from Oprah to Bill Clinton to freaking a fighter to an author. And they're all saying the same shit. Like the principles of success are the same. And you know, me and my partner, Nicole, we always say how you do anything is how you do everything. Whatever it is, like oh my gosh, that's my favorite quote of all time. I think I heard Les Brown say, it. "I live by that." Dude, you Nikki, you're so spot on, and I don't understand it. And this is going to sound crazy. Some of my clients that paid me the most money are the ones that always do the the, the best because they're paying for attention. They're they're paying to pay attention. Like my family members, like who I do favors for, and this like. It's almost like I'm telling the same stuff to this, to different people and they just don't take it because it's just like they're not invested. They have no skin in the game and they don't care. And it's like, it's scary because every single person can be successful. And I always hear people say, oh, but somebody else is doing it. Oh, you're doing a podcast, but there's only so many podcasts around. And I'm like, bro, go to the grocery store, go in the bread aisle and look at how many different name brand breads there are. Do you think that that bread company gave two shits that there was Arnold's bread or this bread or Ezekiel bread or that bread? No. They said, I'm going to be different. I'm going to put my imprint on it and it's going to be successful. And it is. Like, stop making excuses, man. It's crazy. And there's a blueprint for success. I don't care if you're a plumber, a fighter, or friggin' the president. There's a blueprint for success that every single person has in common. And like I say, man, success leaves clues. But... For whatever reason, as human beings, we're so stubborn that somebody can tell us all the right things to do. We can know all the right things to do, and we still can't get it right. And it's 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 crazy. It's nuts. What do you um, what do you what do you do to make sure you have those time blocks out there? Like, so do you have like you know some people I know like it's an Excel sheet. Some people it's a notebook. Some people have a an assistant. Like, do you? Like, how do you actually have all those things on out? Like, how coordinated are you with your day and your appointments and your schedules to make sure that you can get all that time in there? I tell you what, it's crazy, man, because I'm still working on that. Like, I'm still growing with that. I've tried so many different things, and I'm not going to say and lie to you, like, and say I got it all figured out because I don't. I've been using this friggin' app called, like, Calendly. I use my phone. I use notes. I found that the most, like, successful thing I could possibly do is before I go to bed, man, I have a physical calendar and I have things written down on it. 
And I write stuff down in multiple places. I write it down. I set an alarm in my, in my, in my clock, uh, in my phone. And I have to look at it the night before. Cause for whatever reason, man, like I like to, I like to like put stuff in my subconscious mind. You always remember the first thing you do in the morning and the last thing you do at night. Those are the things. So I always like just go over it and I almost, it forces me to like remember it. So I always tell people, man, you give me a 48 hour notice, man, I could do anything, man. I could tackle the task. Cause I feel like if we have too much time, we have too much time to get it wrong. We have too much time to think about it. And that's like, and it's a, it's a curse. Some of my best work I've ever done was when I was limited with time, whether it's fighting, whether most people don't know, man, Ultimate Fighter 19, I freaking had an open fracture on my foot, broke my toe. I couldn't even train as hard as I could. And it was like limited time. I was like, screw it, man. I'm just not going to go through this and I didn't give it a shot. And I had some of the best results. Sometimes I had fights that I had freaking nine, 10, 15 weeks. I knew I was having this fight. I didn't do as good because I had too much time. I overthunk it. And I just wasn't just, just being myself. So time could be, it could be an ally and it could be an enemy, man. So I generally believe that it's a process for me. I'm a, I write it down. That's like the only way I can make sure that it's concrete in there. And, and I don't always get it right. Sometimes I double book. <laughs> Sometimes I double book. Um, and, you know, if you're, if you're just honest with people, they'll understand it. Um, and then, you know, most of the time, you know, people cancel too, man. So that kind of helped me. It's like, I, I literally just, I, I always try to get better at that, man. And I got people that help me and work with me. I do have a team, so it's not like I'm doing everything by myself, especially when it comes to like my podcast. You know, I just launched like a marketing company that I'm super excited about. And like, I have a team that like, like, like that helps me that is invaluable, man. I tell you all the time, I tell people all the time, you're not, you're going to be successful with the people that you have around you. So they help me a lot, man. And there's things that I am not good at. And if you realize that in life, you're not going to be able to be good at everything. If you can find somebody who's 80% as good as doing what you do, or just a lot better than you, and you can allocate those responsibilities, you can have ultra success. And if you can get people that don't care who gets the credit, that's even better. Because that's the biggest, that's the bit. Dude, it's crazy. I'm sure you deal with that in a real estate, man, where you have a team where you're I'm not ignoring you. My, my computer was about to die, so I'm just plugging in. I didn't want you to think I wasn't listening. No, no, trust me. I know I'm, I'm, a, I'm not a multitask. I got my <laughs> phone connected to the charger right now as we speak. <laughs> but people, people have this, this, this belief that they want the credit for everything. But if everybody's on the same page and we don't care who gets the credit, we could accomplish so much more. So that's huge, man. Egos get involved in everything. Everything great ended up folding because of ego. You... So, are so spot on, man. That it's it's unbelievable, and it's always the people that are going. They've had an experience with somebody else, and they start. Oh, I'll never be like that. And then three months later, I'm like, like what happened? And I, it's I've seen it collapse. Like really good people, good businesses, good everything, man. It I, I don't know. Like it's weird to me because I just don't relate to that. I I I don't. I've never been the guy who needs the attention. You know, I like being under the radar and you know having the greater good there. But I've never. I never really cared about credit. You know, it's just, but I see it sometimes it's all people care about and they want to, they don't want to put the work in, but they want all the accolades of that and people underneath them will do a good job. And then they like those people that, like you said, you have a team underneath you. Sometimes a lot of the times it's the teams underneath you that make you great, you know? And then those people that are made great by the people underneath them, they treat them like shit. And it's like, that's your foundation. Like they're the ones who made you what you are. Like you should be, Crazy. I don't know, man. It's just weird. People have, I don't get it. I just don't get they it. They get it easy, man. It's, 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 it's scary because 
I just, I, the reason why we can't understand it is because we're not crazy. Like if, if you, if you start, if you start trying to understand the thought process of somebody who's, who's disturbed and crazy, you're never going to understand it because you don't think like that. So you're not wired like that. You're not programmed like that. And that's why, dude, if you can understand and read people, it's a, it's a superpower in this world. It's a superpower. And that's why I feel like I said, social media is almost cursing some people because they're not interacting with people anymore. I think mixed martial arts and sports is so powerful because it forces you to interact with different people that are not that don't look like you, don't have the same beliefs as you, don't, don't have the same thought process as you, and you're a better person because you have now people skills. You have, you have social skills. You can now interact. You can deal with different situations and circumstances. Now we have kids that are locked behind video games and computers and, and adults that are locked behind video games and computers, and they don't socialize with the outside world, so they don't have no understanding of how to do it. Yeah, it's crazy. That, that, with uh, with jujitsu, that's one of the things I've always loved about it is I've been like, you know what? It's the only place that you can be on the mat one day. And basically you have like cops and robbers and like arsonists and firefighters, like, and they're all friends. Like nobody really knows or cares. And then you go back out into the world, but like everybody that, like I'm literally watching a DEA agent roll with a drug dealer and they're laughing and they're shaking hands and they're making dinner plans. They would never have come across each other in normal life or been able to get along. But like when that stuff's just gone and it's not just what you do, it's who you are. Like it, it's just different, man. And it's crazy. And I think that could is. Could you imagine if the world could function like that? Could you imagine? Like look at sports teams. Football, probably the biggest, best, best, best example I can think of. You got guys that are racist. You got guys that don't like black people, guys that don't like white people, guys that are lesbians, guys that are gay, guys that are this, that. And they can all function as a team, function as a unit because they have one common goal, just to win a chip. Like, could you imagine if we as the world could just say, okay, could we just agree to disagree? And I don't have to agree with everything you do, but I'm just going to respect you. And could you imagine how much better of a place, like, like world we could live in? But it's just like ego comes in again and just throws a monkey wrench in the whole entire equation. But it's scary. And I don't know when and how. We might never reach that kind I'm, a, I'm an optimist. I, I say we might never. I'm hoping that someday we will eventually will. It'll be like a fairy tale and a TV show ending. <laughs> but it's just like, look at sports. If we can do that in sports, why can't we do it as a country? Why can't we do it as a state? Why can't we do it as like a town? It's possible. We know it's possible because that's the perfect example of it. And teammates do fight, do have arguments, do have disagreements. But guess what? We build a bridge and we get over it. There you go. Yeah. Like my, one of my buddies is in a, in a band and he's one of the guys who got me into jujitsu. And I was telling him about how my brother has been at uh, Sarah's now. And he's just, his friends have changed. His life has changed. His attitude's changed. He got married, like literally like jujitsu and the people at our gym have changed him. Like that's his new circle. And, and he, he's grown with that and rose with those tides, which I love. But I was telling this guy that I go, man, you would never recognize my brother. Like everything's positive now. Everything's great. And he was like, dude, I've been in successful bands for 30 years. He goes, you would think from being on tour and meeting all these musicians that my best friends would be musicians. He's like, they're not. Because in bands, one guy's the lead singer. This one has an ego. That one has an ego. This one's packing up the gear. That one's pissed off because the other one's not packing up the... He's like, it's just one of those things. Everybody wants a spotlight. Everybody's pissed off. He goes, all my best friends are my jujitsu friends. He's like, because when somebody puts the work in and they get their promotion or, or Jason Rao, who... Like you said, when we started, I was, a, I think I was a blue belt and he was a white belt and I was doing well with him, but he was there every single day. 
on that stupid fucking ball, doing his hip switches and doing his reps and doing his leg drags and grabbing Joe lacrosse. And nobody looks at Jason Rowe and like, man, fuck him. Like, I should be doing that. It's like, no, everybody knows that he put the work in every single day to get where he is. And instead of getting mad at it, you respect it and you appreciate it. And like, you learn from him and he, you know what I mean? Like, I feel yeah. like an area where people just, they celebrate each other's successes and you can't fake it. And you, you know, if you put in the work and not like I show up there, I get beat up by everybody when I'm home in New York. And it's like, I'm not mad at anybody but myself. I know that I haven't been there five days a week and Jason has, so he deserves to be, you know, good for him, man. Like you want that. So I don't know. I don't, I don't remember where I was going with it, but I, I, like I don't know about I love that. Wherever you're going, I like it, man. Cause it's, it's, it's it needs to be said. Like well, people like don't have accountability for themselves. Could be like that. And, and, just not necessarily at the gym when we're all there and all those people have those different walks of life for, for what they do. Everybody is who they are there. And those have become for, for me, some of the people that I'll be friends with for the rest of my life that I would have never met or come across if it wasn't for going into Sarah Jiu Jitsu or going into Longos or, or any of those things. So like, what are you finding being, you know, you're a local Long Island guy and, you know, coming from just playing football and being an athlete and now you're doing all these positive things. I think a lot of people would be scared to put themselves out there as much, especially you've dealt with a lot of negativity, but you just don't give a shit. Like you're still putting yourself out there. You're still putting yourself on podcasts. You're still going out and fighting and putting it all on the line. And you don't seem to really give a shit what anybody thinks. So like are most of your friends these days, guys that you're training with or, or people that are like-minded people? And how do you handle the other people in your life that maybe don't really seem as happy for you or maybe that are a little bit more negative like how, how do you balance that out how do you deal with all of it hey man that's a great question that nobody ever asked which is wild and it's tough like honest to god it's the toughest thing ever and i i think i'm a good judge of character um and dude i had friends i grew up with when i was a kid that i looked up to and like as you get older you realize that some people just are not good people <laughs> and and you just don't understand that because like you almost like you have, you idolize them. You, you look at what from the outside and you kind of think, oh, this is great. I'm really weird when it comes to like letting people in my inner circle, man. Like I, I, I say I have more associates than I do friends because a lot of times people are just looking at what's good for them, whether they realize it or not. A lot of people are saying, what's in, what's in it for me? And when I can find somebody, I can have somebody who I met, I know them for 15 years. Or I can have somebody who just came to my life two, three months. And I can see them generally doing things because they just want to help and they actually just care. And those are the people I gravitate towards. And it's like, I can't really put, I can't really put like a, like a, like a number on it, but I genuinely like, I stay with my family a lot of times like because I know that they're with me through the ups and downs and indifference. You know, when, when, when I'm ultra successful and I'm riding cloud high and the UFC is traveling me around the world to Ireland and I'm meeting Conor McGregor's and going to all these parties. You see all these people pop up and they're like your best friends since sliced bread. But then when you get knocked out, you know, by a head kick, like then you say, then then you see, you know, these people disappear. And a lot more people call you after a win versus when I call you after a loss. And once you got, once you get okay with that and say, it's not that this person's a bad person. It's just that they're looking for what's the best thing for them, you know? And I literally, like, I, I'm just a true believer in that. People are eventually going to show their true colors because it's just, it is what it is who you are. You are who you are. And I don't, I don't think I have a ton of friends. I have a bunch of associates, but like you said, most of the people that I interact with the most are people that can understand like the highs and lows of life, man, because 
like ideal, like my teammates, I, I look at them like as like family members. Like I was fortunate, man, that when I came into mixed martial arts, I knew Chris from high school. I knew Chris from like when we were like little kids. So I was like, I didn't think Chris, Chris was like, oh, Chris, why? Like he was like, all right, Chris, my boy from bowling. Like, so like, we traveled together. He brought me down to Longo's and I didn't travel and bounce around different teams like some of these fighters did. Like I'd been with Longo and Sarah for like forever. And that's like family. Like, like, doesn't matter how successful I am, you know, financially, fighting wise, like they're going to be like friends. Like, and they're, they're, like we realize that we're all human. Like we all are imperfect. When people don't, what people don't understand when it comes to like race, they'll go to a class and you'll see five, six UFC fighters. You'll see 10 pro app pro fighters and they're interacting with like everyday, you know, accountants or, or everyday teachers. And they're like, this is weird, but we don't look at it like that. You know, like we're just, we're just, a community, we're like a family, we're just, we're just like having a good time, helping people. And like, that's, that's what I look at as, as like friends goes. But as far as like making new friends and going out on a limb, I meet people like the weirdest ways that I never, I never put anybody in a box, man. Sometimes some of my best friends I've ever, ever had now developed, they're like 60 year old men or 70 year old women that some way, somehow I we did business and, and they went above and beyond and did something for my family or just did something for me that showed me that, they don't care about Eddie Chuck Gordon, the fighter. They care about me, you know, Eddie, the dad, the person. And that for me goes way longer because if you look at sports in general, my kids don't really know who Barry Sanders is, Bo Jackson. They don't know Walter Payne. Like they don't understand. Like, because you're only as good as your last fight, your last game, your last basket, your last whatever. That's the that, that's where you're gonna find out who the people really are. Like Anderson Silva. This guy is one of the greatest fighters of all time. All time. You know, he lost to Chris twice and everybody just dismissed this guy like he's like a bum. Like, 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 like he never existed. People were talking about Jose Aldo as if this guy was washed up. He only lost to Conor McGregor and Max Holloway. Probably two of the best fighters in their weight division ever. And everybody forgot that this guy was the first champion ever in that division for the UFC, the only champion. And he's only lost against two people in the whole entire world. You're fighting the best guys in the planet and for years and years and years, he's doing amazing. And these so-called uh, fans are dismissing this guy like he's a bum. And people make fun of him because he's crying in the ring when he loses because he actually cares. He's passionate about something. People are making fun of Daniel Cormier because he's crying because he lost to John Jones because he's passionate about it. Like, we lack passion. Like, that's their job. That's our job, right? If somebody faxes the uh, paper to the wrong person and ruins the deal, it's not exemplified to millions of people. Nobody's saying, oh, man, you suck. You're the worst accountant ever. You do. Like, nobody's highlighting that. So it's like people I see laughing and making jokes about that stuff, it irks me, man. It irks me because they don't realize. They see 15, 25 minutes or 11 seconds of a fight and don't realize how much time and effort it was put into that fight, how much time you took away from your family, how many special occasions, your kid's birthday, you can't have your, you can't have your son's birthday cake or your daughter's birthday cake. You can't go out to your anniversary dinner or eat whatever you, like there's so many sacrifices that fighters make that people just can't understand because one, the promoters don't exemplify it, they don't highlight it and they don't realize the struggle. Like even before you get to the cage, weight cutting and that, that stuff is, it's just so intense and so insane. The average person couldn't even get to the fight. The average person couldn't even make it to the fight, let alone go out there and fight and perform well. So for people who don't understand that, and they're never going to understand it unless they actually live it and experience it. I, that's why I have the craziest theory, man. I think every human being should be in a, a 
controlled environment fight. Agreed. It's like Agreed. every human being. It doesn't have to be pro and it should be equal matching. Like, you know, somebody's first fight should be somebody else's first fight. But just to feel the nerve, just to feel the energy, just to know that somebody's training to kick your ass for two months and you got to do the same. Like people can't function. Like think about when we were kids, right? If so, if you knew that somebody wanted to fight you at the school, you you couldn't go through the day without thinking about that period after period after period. You didn't know when it was gonna happen because like we go to lunch, we got the same lunch period. When this guy tried to hit me at lunch, like you just didn't know. But it's like, and people couldn't handle that. So imagine knowing that I'm fighting X, Y, and Z at seven o'clock two months from now. He's trading. That shit will drive people crazy. Yeah. And the average person can't even think about that, man. I used to freak out about calling a girl and talking to their dad on the phone before the girl got on the phone. Like, my kids would never have to worry about that. It's like the little things, man, that we don't really think about. And it's like, after a while, that becomes your norm. Like, that's like my norm. Like, I book a fight, I'm like, all right, gotta chain my ass off. It's like, it's like, it's like a game versus yourself, because... You don't know what that guy's doing. You don't even know if that guy is hurt, banged up, and can't really train hard, but you got to put it in time. doesn't matter what that person's doing. So ultimately, man, the fight is never really against the opponent. The fight's truly against yourself, and I think that's why I'm so fixated with this sport. I just told, I told one of my clients this. I said, I think I'm crazy because if I gave up fighting, if I, love, I love fighting. If I gave up fighting and didn't put all the hours training for the last two months, man, like my business has like been on like hold, it's been on the back burner because I had to train and fight because if I don't, some guys can try to kill me. So, <laughs> but I said, if I just gave up fighting, dude, I could make probably $2 million a year, live a great life, be fat, be happy, and just enjoy <laughs> life. But the sickness of competition, it's just, I just, it's the, the, like the, 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 the constant battle of just bettering myself won't allow me to retire from fighting until I know that I gave it every ounce of energy I can and I reached my max potential. Cause I don't, I, I know I haven't reached it yet. Like I just like, I know I haven't reached my max potential and it's, it's, it's crazy. And people just, most people are like, dude, screw that shit. I'm making the money. But it's just like, I'm comfortable. I'm living a good life with my family. And like, like, like everything that like, like the bills are paid. Like my kids are not starving and wanting for anything. Well, I'm lying. They want everything. Um, <laughs> but it's like the things that need to be taken care of are taken care of. And it's like, like we're in a good place. Would I making $2 million extra a year freaking be super awesome? Yeah, but what am I going to do? Like that money's not going to make me a better person. It's not going to make me happier. Like if you're not happy broke or you're not happy average, it doesn't matter how much money comes into your life. You're not going to be happy. It's just going to amplify that sadness because now you're going to be looking to buy friends. People are going to be using you. It's it's so crazy, man. And I'm talking to people. I know people that make $40 million a year, $30 million a year, and they're some of the most unhappy people. And they're like, when they tell me, oh, my God, man, I envy this person. I envy that person. And you're just looking like you just can't understand it because you're just not there. And their their, their way of thinking is just completely different. And I think that that shows like people that you hang around with is so important because you have to understand that mindset. Like when I hang around my friends who are like, don't have that much money or struggling or living day to day, like the conversations are just different. Like, it's just, it's like a different, it's a different mindset. And I hang out with, dude, I, I hang out. Like I interact with everybody because I feel like you can learn something from everyone. And once you think that you, that you, you can't and you stop learning, 
that's when you're, you're setting yourself up for, for failure. Dude, there's times that I'm in the city, man, and I love the city to walk around, but I can't live there. But <laughs> I'll walk around the city and, like, I have a random conversation with, like, like a guy just sitting on a park bench. I don't know his circumstance, whether he's, like, a bum, whether he just lost his job, like, whatever. And, like, sometimes that's the best conversation I've ever had. And sometimes I think I'm, think I'm talking to somebody who's a bum. It comes to find out this is the guy, this guy's like the CEO of his own multi-million dollar company. He's got his t-shirt and like dirty looking jeans on, but he likes to just come to the park and sit on the bench and clear his head. And it's just like, what the hell? And he's more blown away that I actually engaged with him not knowing who the hell he was. Like it just blew him away. And it was like some of the coolest conversation. I wish I, I wish I could have documented that I had that on video, <laughs> but it's like, it's like it's such a cool conversation because he's like, what the hell made you even come to him? Like, I don't know, dude. I just, I just said, and it started with this simple head nod and, hey, what's up? And, hey, what's up? And then, like, they had a conversation, which I think don't happen enough. And, like, things like that are just super powerful because if I were to just pass judgment, I would have thought this guy was just down on his luck, some bum that just literally might have just lost his job going through a breakup and he's just sitting on a bench just looking dumbfounded. Meanwhile, this guy, that's his morning routine. He goes, he sits on a bench at Central Park, and he just sits there, he people watches. This is where I learned about people watching. He says, yeah, man, I people watch because I need to understand how people function better because it helps me run my company. Yes. Because people don't tell you what they're really feeling. They tell you what they, what they, what they think you want to hear. And he's like, he people watches so he can understand the different behaviors that people do. So if he sees it in his workplace, he can address it before it gets out of hand. And he's like, my employees, my workers, my partners, he calls them, doesn't even call them employees. They, they value that more because sometimes if they need an extra time off and they're afraid to ask for this and that, he's like, bro, I'll just tell them, listen, you look stressed out, what's going on? You know, take the day off, don't worry about it, you'll still get paid. And he's like, they value that shit. And he's like, and he's like I learned that from sitting on this friggin' bench and just watch, you know, how people interact with other people, how people interact with their kids, how they this and that, and how people interact. And I was just so blown away by that. I don't have enough time to go and just people watch, but I really genuinely wish I could. Now when I'm on the train, I kind of take a little more time just to like look around, man. Just like, just observe my surroundings. So like I learned the value value lesson from that dude, man. It is crazy. I would never would have, if I would just assume he's a bum, I would not have nothing to learn from this guy. Yeah, I agree, man. You can learn something from everybody. I'm always trying to do more listening and talking for sure. You know, and, um, there's a reason we got two ears and one mouth, right? <laughs> there you go. There you go. The, uh, you, you were saying some stuff earlier, too, about, um, you know, people hitting you up when you want to hit me up when you're lost. But you're reminding me of it because I've been at a I was uh, at the end of, when you won the Ultimate Fighter. You're walking down. I remember seeing you, dude. I remember it perfectly. You just your energy. You felt freaking were so excited, man. It was awesome. I was really happy for you. Went in there, got that knockout. I think that was the same weekend. I think Chris Fort Machida the next day or the Chris next Fort day. Machida, Chris Fort Machida the day before. It was sick weekend. That was a great weekend, man. And then one of the other fights I remember that didn't go your way, we were talking to breakfast the next day, and you were like, man, I, I'm just, I'm never going to let myself get overweight in between fights like that ever again and i remember you saying it but everybody says that ever i can't how many interviews do you hear from every ufc fight oh i know what happened it was a wake up you've literally been like freaking 30 pounds lighter every single day i've seen you since the day you said that i've never seen your weight really go back up to where it was like you just you say shit and you do it and that's such an important thing that i don't think not enough people do it I don't care again what it is, especially like the last bunch of masterminds I went to for the last two months, like I probably paid like 40, 50 grand 
just to go to like all these different masterminds and meetings for the last two months because I'm trying to surround myself with people that just do it bigger and better. And, and definitely not all real estate people, but every single walk of life that I'm coming across people, what they keep saying is like, please, if we can ask anything of you to separate yourself, just do what you say you're going to do because most people don't. And I feel like that's why whatever you do, man, you're going to be successful and you're going to attract successful people because you don't make excuses and you always do what you say you're going to do, man. And, and I, it's been years now since that fight and, and you haven't reneged on that at all, man. I think that's just an amazing uh, testament to you and like what you do and you practice what you preach. And I think that's why people listen to you. Nah, man, I tell you what, man, I appreciate it because sometimes, you know, dude, listen, I don't care who you are. Sometimes it's good to hear that from, from other people, man, because I'm a big believer in like, you know, that's all we got is our word. Right. And I, and I was, I'm not making sure I make this loud and clear. I was not always this guy. Like <laughs> I was the guy that made mistakes. I did things like, and dude, I think I lived a very good life. When I say good life, my parents were like not wealthy at all, but they always like worked their ass off. Right. So I didn't always get what I wanted, but I always had like a meal. Right? It wasn't maybe like a five course meal. I always had a meal. I always had love. And then so I was never like short on that. But I always did well in school. I always did well in athletics. I always did well. And up until like after I graduated college, man, I really didn't have to deal with any crazy, crazy like life adversity. And like I fucking stumbled, failed, and I was so disappointed in myself. And I felt like I let the world down and I went through so much like aggravation. And it's just like, that was like the first time I was like, holy shit, man, like I'm human. It's like sometimes when you have so much success, you almost feel invincible and you feel like every decision you make is the right one. But we are human. We are going to make mistakes. And if we think that we're never going to make mistakes, we're only setting ourselves up for massive failure. And you said a couple of things that I think is so powerful. I talk to some people all the time and I didn't believe in all of these master classes and all of these seminars. I didn't believe, I didn't believe in myself. I thought Tony Robbins was the biggest like scam ever until I actually got an opportunity where he reached out to me, which is crazy. And like, I got a chance to like speak with him briefly and it was just like he didn't gain nothing from that nothing and I realized how much of a genius he is when I started like indulging myself and like figuring out like he understands people which is crazy like speaking to like the Grant Cardone like everybody's wired a little bit different Grant's on another freaking level he's just like boom 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 go 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 like he's always like yeah he's always selling like himself but like selling he's like non-stop but what I realized that people have a choice to invest in themselves or invest in others. And nine out of 10 people never invest in themselves. I got friends that'll go and pay 800 to $1,000 for a pair of Yeezys or Jordans <laughs> and tell me how bad they want to be successful and they will not invest in a $400 call or a 500, whatever it is, I'll go to a seminar two days and speak to somebody who is successful, who's gonna give you a, a tangible game plan to be successful. And people say, oh, that shit doesn't work. So how could you explain all these successful people that go to these seminars and become more successful? How can you explain that? You're buying those Jordans or whatever. That's not that you're buying them not for you. You're buying them to impress somebody else, but you won't invest in your time. And it doesn't have to be that much. Go to the library, get a library card. Let's go get, go invest in some books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Like just find authors Like you can literally go, just go invest in that, read a book and just practice two or three things from that book and see how your life changes. And it's not going to happen overnight. Like just do it for 21 days, do it for 30 days. And then you hit 30 days, go another 10 days and just keep it going until it becomes a habit. And when you see the level of success you have, it's crazy. And I, the, 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 the switch for me 
I was like, I, I watched the law of attraction like everybody else. I got super pumped up, super excited, and it died out. And then finally, man, one of my, my coworkers, when I was in finance back in the day, he gave, he's like, dude, I know you think this is corny, but here's this listening like thing. He, he had me listen to Kelly Howe. It was like mind, mindset training. And he's like, you put it on while you're going to sleep. You fall asleep, don't worry about it. You're literally training your subconscious. And my best financial year as a kid happened from that day, from that, that calendar year from when I started doing it. I did it every single day. I made well over six figures, young kid, didn't know my ass, my elbows. And like, literally it was, it wasn't a coincidence. And I got too big for my britches. I stopped doing it. And then I hit a decline. And I don't think it was a coincidence. I stopped investing in myself, whether it was some form of investing in myself. And I hit a decline. And like, once I started going back to it and like building up my mindset, building it up. And I was like, dude, this is crazy. Like, like if you can think it, you can believe it, but you got to actually go and work towards it. Like there's a little bit more than just the law of attraction. The vision boards are all great. That's powerful. If you don't see it in your mind at first, you'll never be able to accomplish it. But after you see it, you write it down. Now you got to take those goals, turn it into a plan and then put action behind. It. And if you have a plan for anything, dude, you can be successful. You do You might, you, you know, I'm never going to be a professional basketball player. I'm never going to be LeBron James. Right. But if I have a plan and a game plan, I might not reach LeBron status, but if I work at it, I'm going to be a hundred times better at it, whatever it is, than I would have been if I didn't plan, execute, and follow through. There you go, man. Like you said, one is better than none. So you just started yeah. today, man. I, I love that because one of the things I was asking about is um, on that same level is I actually hired a coach. You should check him out. I'll, sh- I'll send you over his book or a link with him, but his name is... Um, his name is Randy and he does this thing, uh, Zen empowerment is like his whole thing. So, and he helps with things like time blocking and priorities and all that kind of stuff, because I was trying to figure out like, well, what the hell, hell do I do? So I was paying him every week to get on and help me like really prioritize and figure things out. And one of the things like you said of like, I'm, I'm always trying to get better still at that and learn that balance. But he'd be like, all right, well, what do you have to do? Like what's stressing you out? And I'd be like, I have all these things. He's like, that's like 30 things. He's like, None of those things are your priorities. Like, what are your priorities? And one of the things he said to me was, if you have more than three priorities every day, you have no priorities every day. And I thought about that. And I was like, you know what? Instead of looking at, I have 50 things I have to do. And now I'm never going to do them because I'm so overwhelmed by looking at a list of 50. If I chop that into three for five days and I go at the very least, if I get nothing done today, but I get these three things done, I kick today's ass. And then tomorrow I'll get another three. And now instead of going the whole week and getting none, I got six at the very, you know what I mean? So just those little things is I think people go, you know what? I want to fight in the UFC. I want to be on TV. I want girls to come up and ask my autograph. It's like, cool, go take your first day of jujitsu. Well, I don't want to do that. That's too hard. You know what I mean? But like, that's the kind of shit. Like people are quick. They're already spending their, their fucking, they're already getting themselves into the UFC hall of fame but they'll never take those steps to take a basic fucking class with Jason Rao or Matt Sarah or a boxing yeah. class with you. Like, it's, it's so weird. Like, I don't know if it's just the, it's the fast food mentality, man. It's the fast food mentality. We want it. We want it now, but we don't want to work towards it, which to me is just crazy. Like I love Floyd Mayweather's work ethic, right? But I feel like he's gotten so popular and he tells everybody easy money, easy work. And, <laughs> branded that shit so beautifully that there's genuinely people that think that he doesn't train hard. He doesn't work. That dude doesn't touch alcohol. He trains like he's the one of the hardest trainers. You, 
he he's retired now and he's probably trained more than most fighters do in their life. He'll get up at two, three o'clock in the morning and go run four or five miles. He'll get up at four o'clock in the morning and go hit mitts, go hit like he he doesn't believe in that shit, but he got you believing in easy money. He works his tail off. It's like crazy. Like you hear Conor McGregor talk to talking about, but this dude works, his work ethic is insane. There's no coincidence. He didn't get lucky. It wasn't any luck. And everybody always sees the success. Like it's crazy when people said, I heard so many times, dude, you only been fighting for, for three years and you just won the ultimate fighter, man. You're an old night success. Oh, that's the most insane shit I ever heard. You weren't with me when I was wrestling since I was in fifth grade, losing weight since I was like in fifth grade, competing at division one training, doing winter conditioning, spring ball. Like, just because you see that success now, like there was a lot of building blocks, a lot of failures, a lot of successes that led to that. Like there was a lot of work that I was put in and it, it's like a false security because we have all of these people now with social media that rent jets, rent planes, rent cars. And they, 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 they pretty much like make you think that they're rich or think whatever they think, but nobody wants to tell you that there's actually a hard work that you have to put in because people are afraid of hard work. They can sell a lot more shit. If you say, Oh, you want to lose a hundred something, but I lost over 130 pounds. I don't tell people, you don't see me saying, Hey, you want to lose weight overnight? Sign up for this. I'm going to show you how you can go <laughs> Nobody, nobody like, like, you'll hear people saying, hey, you want to lose a hundred and something pounds? All right, that's what we're going to do. We're going to change your lifestyle. You're going to do something that you've never done before to get where you want to be now. And it's going to suck probably for the first 15 days. It's probably one of the hardest things you ever did mentally. Physically, it's not going to be that big of a change in your life, but mentally it is. But after you do it for 15 days and once we're around 25, 30, you're going to be the happiest person on the planet. Your life's going to change. Your body's going to change. You're going to feel great. Nah, I don't think I want to suffer 50 days. I pass. I'm going to go try that, that pill. Like, <laughs> nobody, it's like, I'm going to try that pill. That's not going to work. But it's it's crazy. But it's because people sit there and give false hope. They give false expectation. And I refuse to do that shit. I refuse to do it. I could take before and after pictures, fucking make a nice, really cool collage, create a crazy link and say, want to want to lose 100 pounds in 30 days or whatever BS and make it happen. But it's like, I'm not going to ever do that, but I don't want to sit there and lie to anybody because like my clients that I don't, I, I can sit there right now, screenshot. I have private clients. I probably got like right now, like, like eight or nine that I work with two, three, four times a week. And they have some of the best results. And they tell me all the time, bro, post it, do this, do that. And I almost feel guilty. I'm like, nah, nah I'm not going to use you like that. And they're like, dude, no, go for it. But it's like, I don't want to post that picture. Somebody thinks it's overnight. Like, it's crazy. I just had one of my clients earlier and I got one coming up, but it's like, they will do, they'll jump over the movement because like I, I invested in them. Like they think that's an investment, in, but it's like, no, it's an investment I make with them. And it's like to see, because I know how it was to be over 300 pounds. I know how it was to try to play with my kids and be tired and my lower back hurt and can't sleep at night. Cause I literally have back pains that are just killing me. And I'm not even being physical, physically active. So I, the feeling I feel now when I can actually take off my shirt in a public place and not feel like weird and, and go to the pool and not be like, oh man, I feel so disgusting in my pants as I'm eating some nasty food and drinking some beers. Like I know that feeling. I know how I feel now. So I was like, I want to give people that feeling because there's no price tag on it. Like literally when they feel that I want, and it sounds crazy. Some trainers think I'm out of my mind. I want my clients after 90 days to not even need me don't all, all this more was like, Hey man, thank you for changing my life. Like after 90 days, I, I want them to be self-sufficient where they know what they got to do, how they got to do it. 
where they need me to, to hold them accountable. I could always do that, but you shouldn't need me more than 90 days. You shouldn't need me more than 90 days. Bottom line, if, if, if you need me more than 90 days, there's, a, there's something missing in the gap as far as me checking you in shape. Because in 30 days, you should be in friggin' in tip down. People think it takes forever to happen, but it's not, man. It's just consistency. After two weeks of being consistent, dude, you'll see some huge improvements. After four weeks, your life changes, bro. It's crazy. And people just can't understand it because they want to go from zero to day 90 overnight. <laughs> like, there's a reason there's, there's seven days in a week, man. Yeah, well, it, like, you, like you said, it's a lifestyle, man. It's creating habits instead of hobbies. And that, that's the biggest thing is the, the stuff that you're doing, I think, is awesome because all those other fucking shit diets and the sign up here is and the get rich quicks or the lose weight quicks. I tell everybody, you follow the person that just lost 50 pounds in 30 days, look at them 60 days from now, they weigh more than they did when they started the diet. But, yeah. you know, same thing with real estate. I'm like, look, you know, I, I just want to tell everybody how to get to their first deal because I don't care about a hundred. It's all about one and you have to create those habits. So yeah, you want to get into real estate, but I want you to stay in real estate. So I feel like you're kind of preaching that too of like, I want you to be healthy, but I want you to stay healthy. So if you really want to get fit and stay fit and have like a good, healthy life, you have to create habits. It's not a 30 day quick fix because that doesn't stick. Now you're healthy for 30 days and now you're worse than ever, you know? And it's crazy, man, because like my, my, uh, my in-laws, man, they're in real estate and everybody sees like the, the, the home net, the, the, the housing channel, HGTV, and they see these flips and they see all this glitz and glamour and they think it's easy, but it's like, dude, Real estate is friggin' hard. It's work ethic. It's grinding. It's like you got to spot this shit. And I know so many people that have lost money in real estate, but nobody wants to talk about that shit. Everybody wants to like make it seem like it's easy. If it was easy, then all the people that were like borderline wealthy would be crazy rich because they would just do that. Like yeah. it's a process, and it's like if you don't want to learn the process and embrace, embrace the process, you can get lucky and flip a house and make great money. But that same money you made flipping the house and getting lucky. You're going to lose it in a bad investment because you didn't listen to the expert. There's a reason why they, 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 they say, man, freaking experience is priceless because can you get lucky? Heck yeah, of course you can in anything. And that's why when I watch a fight, man, I see a guy get a flash knockout. It's almost like, dude, credit to that guy, man. He threw the punch. He landed it. He won the fight. But I would love to see that freaking fight go to distance to see because that's when it differentiates. It's like a fight, man. If a fight goes to distance, somebody gets their tail whooped handily that says a lot more than some guy that's getting caught and clipped because you never know how that can go the best example look at Cain Velasquez and Dos Santos dude Dos Santos beat Cain the first time when he clipped him got him Cain didn't make any excuses for the way back to the next title fight they fought for 25 minutes not once but twice and Cain literally ripped him apart Dos Santos had never been the same and I, I hate to see that because it was like a brutal it was a brutal beating man but it's like you can't now go and say oh well that was a fluke like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's the same thing with life. You can get lucky doing business, but sometimes winning and having success is some of the worst things. You create bad habits because you think that's the way you're supposed to do it instead of knowing the process, knowing the principles, and putting it into action. Whether it's real estate, speaking, coaching, life, living, man, it's always the process and you got to literally embrace it for success. That's right. The McGregor Aldo, man, I would have loved to see more of that. You know, he came in. And- I would love to see that fight. I would love to see that fight go to distance and, and kudos to McGregor. This is the thing that people don't understand. If you watch the highlights, right, McGregor warmed up and drilled that same finish a thousand times before it happened. He says, I know he's going to, 
I know he's going to come in hard with that right. I'm going to step back, throw my hook, and it's going to end the fight. And, dude, right before he walked out, he was drilling it, drilling it, and it shit happened. So it's like you can't say he got lucky. He executed. He took Aldo's aggression and executed. Aldo's never been knocked out before. Never been knocked out. And that just shows you. And Aldo's tough. Look what he threw the last fight versus Jeremy Stevens. Jeremy Stevens heavy-handed, man. Probably one of the hardest punchers in that division. And he hit Aldo with some shit. And he just kept on fighting, man. He kept on fighting. So it's like, you can't say he doesn't have a chin. His chin didn't get better after getting knocked out the first time. So it's like, dude, it was just that Connor executed, man. It was precision. And I'm a, I, Jose Aldo is one of my favorite fighters. It still is to this day. I love for what this guy fought in WEC and everything. And, and that's why it gets me pissed off when I read some of these blogs and some of these people trash him and dog him as if the guy's a bum, like he didn't do anything. He's fighting the best guys. When you're the champion, you're fighting the best fighters on the planet Earth. And it's like and it's like a little, little inch difference. Like the guy that's ranked number one and the guy that's ranked number friggin' 60. There's a little bit difference, probably even deeper than that. A little bit different. And you wonder, like, people say, oh, these guys came out of nowhere. They didn't come out of nowhere. You just didn't notice them because they didn't talk a lot. They were marketed or whatever it is. Like Anthony Smith. He's like, yo, you guys think I just, I just went on this hot streak? Bro, I have almost 40 fights. I'm not an overnight success. Like, everybody's on this Anthony Smith train. This dude has almost 40-something professional fights. God, he knows how many unsanctioned fights he's had. Like, he's not an overnight success. Like, this guy's been putting the time, putting the work. He's got this opportunity. He took advantage of it. And now everybody knows about him. It's like, it's crazy. And it's just, it's, dude, it blows, it blows my mind, man. Blows my mind. I tell everybody, too, like, the... That stuff drives me nuts because, and I think Rogan talks about it a lot, but most people walk through life having no idea where they're actually on the food chain, like where, where they fall. So if I look at that and I go, all right, well, look at me. Like if I go, like sometimes my buddies, if we're at work, you know, oh, I boxed for years or I wrestled in high school and college. And then at some point over the last couple of years, there's been a handful of guys that will literally just like grab me and be like, oh, I'm like trying to wrestle. And I'll take him that and I'll choke him immediately. And they're like, what the fuck, man? And I'm like, I've been training for 14 years with like some of the best guys ever. And then they're like, man, that's crazy. And I go, what you don't realize is that I'm dog shit compared to most of the guys that are there. And like, you get like a Fokker or like, you know, a guy like you, like you guys kick my ass. And then there's a Jason Rao who makes that look easy. And then there's a Matt Serra and then there's a Henzo Gracie. And then there's a, like the fact of like how high that goes. And then you look at the UFC and I'm like, do you realize, like Drago is such a great example. People would, I, I would sit there cause I was getting ready for a boxing match and, and my friend was a coat check girl and Drago was security at Casey's and we just hang out at the back door and he'd be like, oh, how's it going, man? Can, can I see your ID? How's your night going? And they'd be like, Pfft. and I'd be like, this is not the right guy to take out your drunken insecurities. I'm like, he does that for a living. And then you see him go up there and oh, he got knocked out. It's like, you, you understand the level that he's playing at? Like, the guys in the UFC. So, I respect everybody. Even if you fight on a local show, at a local gym, like, anybody who has the balls to get in there and actually train for four to eight weeks and get in there and fight anybody. And then you just look at the tiers of how high that goes and where those guys are fighting on TV, like you and Weidman and Iaquinta. And that's such a great example of fucking who. Anderson Silva wasn't a, a washed-up piece of shit. Chris Wyman is just a fucking animal. And animal. Then you watch Khabib and Iaquinta, 
oh, Khabib has been exposed, or fucking Iaquinta is a fucking madman, and that's he's just. And and that shit drives me crazy, Nikki, because people, and obviously I'm biased because like I was like my brother, but it's like everybody's talking about Khabib got exposed. Khabib didn't get exposed. Al is that high level. Like everybody forgets what Al did to freaking Kevin Lee. Like, did anybody just forget about that fight and what Kevin Lee's doing to all these people now? So it's like, it's crazy. Like, Al is an absolute freak of nature. And dude, styles make fights. Khabib is a great wrestler, but guess what? So is Al. Like, Khabib takes people down and and nobody can ever get up. Al got up, not once, not twice. So that shit fatigues you. Like, people don't understand when somebody's getting up, you're taking down, get Like, that fatigues you, the guy that's doing the takedown. And Al hits hard as shit. So it's like, People were like thinking Khabib did. And plus, like, Al took that fight on like 24 hours notice, bro. And like, so did Khabib. It was like, he's trained for something completely different. So it's like, people just don't understand the art that goes into it. And it's like, if you just had to be big and strong, then all these bodybuilders would be world champions. And it's like, it's like there's so much more to it that I haven't mastered yet because I've been doing it for a little fraction of my life. So this year, it made eight years I've been fighting. I know some guys that have been fighting more than that before they even freaking had a fight. So it's like, I feel like I'm so young and I'm like, I'm like, like the baby stage of my career. You know, my age might not say that because I started on like a freaking bet in so long, uh, you know, so, so late, but I just love the competition of it. I just love everything about it. Like, like you said, you know where you are at the food chain. And if you're a competitive dude, like that shit drives you. Like if you're in corporate America, there's not, there's not like, there's no, you know, ranking. You're the number one CEO in the East Coast. You're not the number one, like, like, like there's, there's no ranking. You just don't know it. And it's like, there's no way to actually go in there and measure it. Like you can't see who can flip the most houses because there's so many other options that, that, that so many different dynamics that go with it. It's like, you can't see who cooks the best meal fastest. Like, it's like different. In fighting, there's a freaking food chain. And it's like the second, and you never know where that food chain is, bro, because sometimes somebody rank. 17, we get a short notice fight versus number five guy and make that number five guy look like an amateur. And you're just like, where the hell did this guy come from? And it's like, that's the thing about it. That's why that's like this. That's, that's the thing. That's why mixed martial arts is the fastest growing sport because of everybody likes to fight. Everybody's a fighter in some way, shape, or form. We're fighting for something. And people like to see a controlled car accident. And there's nothing like a controlled car accident besides fighting in football. And that's why I think that are probably the two most popular sports right now. And it, it, it's crazy. Basketball is catching up. If you start looking internationally, soccer owns everything. NASCAR is ginormously huge. People yeah. don't even realize that NASCAR is one of the most popular sports in the world. And I can't understand it because I, I wouldn't go to like a track and watch a car go to surf. But I don't get that. But it, it, but it's intense. Like I'm in a car that's going 70, 80 miles an hour, and I'm freaking out. I can't imagine being in a car going 100, a buck, 40, buck, 50, and you're like on somebody's bumper and crazy. So what they do is insane. It just blows my mind. So, but like you don't know until you know. If you're not in that world, you just don't understand it. Like I've met people on social media now, like digital marketers and influencers and when I find out how much money these people are making and how many, how much different things, like this intricate details is to it, I'm like, dude, this is another world that I never had a clue about because I wasn't in that world. But it's like, there's some guys that you probably don't even know about that's making four or $500,000 a month and you never, you don't know his face, you don't know his name, you don't know nothing. And it's like, it's, it's, it's insane because you're just not in that world. And that's the beauty of, that's the beauty of this day and age. It's like, 
There's no excuses for not being successful, man. If you want it, if, if, if anybody can take anything from this podcast is that, listen, you have an opportunity to change your life and your family's life once you make this choice and a decision to change. Like, if you're not going to change, nothing is going to change. Like, I don't care how many books I can tell you to read. I don't care if I can write you, and, and like, I shit you not, I can write you the six things you can do right now to make, to change your life if you just do it every day. And I guarantee if I give it to 10 people, maybe one person would do it. Maybe, no, one person will probably do it just to share numbers and odds. Maybe you might get a second person. Maybe. And I'm not talking about the first 10, who knows? The second 10, who knows? But once we get to like a thousand, you start getting into like the real numbers. Maybe like one in, one in 10 would definitely do it. Maybe two if you get lucky. And it's crazy. And it's, it's, it's just, I, I don't understand it. Like, I, and I'm not, I'm not, I'll raise my hand because I was that guy. Like, you, when you're a kid, you think you're invincible. And when I talk to someone like the coach, they tell you, don't rush to grow up. Just wait till you get bills and this and that. And you want to be successful, work hard, do this. And you're just, yeah, 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 in one ear, out the other ear. <laughs> and then it's just like, what then did you get to a point where you start telling your kids or you're telling your, your, your nephews or your nieces, and you're like, holy shit, I'm that older guy now. Imagine, imagine you knew what you knew now, like when you were a kid. It's, it's scary. It's scary. And you'll see some kids now, young age, man, that gets it. And it's just like, wow. You'll see some young kid, 10, 9 years old, rolling. And like, this kid is better than me now. And I'm freaking 30. It's like, it's like, how the heck? But like, he gets it. He loves it. It's fun. His dad's not a crazy guy that's make just something. He's just making it fun for the kid. The kid enjoys it. And it's like, any parents listening too, man, don't force your kid to do any friggin' sport, man. If they want to be a magician, uh, they want to friggin' be a ballerina, they want to be an artist, whatever it is, man, just let them love it and just support them, man. It'll be a lot less headache for you and a lot less headache for your kid, like trying to force something, force your dreams and ambitions on your kids. That shit drives me crazy. I see so many parents do it, being a football coach. Like, it literally drove me. I could, it's the first year I'm not coaching my kids because I just want to be a parent. Like, I don't want to, I just want to be a parent because it's just crazy seeing some of these parents force their kids to play football. And if you're not all in with football, man, you're going to get yourself hurt or somebody else hurt. And parents just don't understand that. My son wants to be a running back. Your son don't want to be a running back. He don't want to get hit. It's like, <laughs> stop putting that on your son. Let me give you a ball and have 10 people, 11 people try to tackle you. And then you tell me how, how, how that feels if you want to do that. It's crazy. Dude, this has been awesome, man. This has been good. So what what do you got that you uh that you, that you want people to know about? And again, before I put it on, I'll have like a a, a link and stuff like that. But I know uh, your book, your podcast, website, personal coaching, uh, fights coming up, anything, man. What what do you got that you want? Oh uh, man, like right like right now, man. I'm like diving into like the whole personal coaching stuff, man. I, I love it. It's like a passion of mine. I get the biggest rush. I get the biggest rush when I sit there and help somebody build their dream. It's like there's nothing like it. Like help somebody give them guidance towards their dream. Does everybody take it and run with it? No, but I have a, I'm like super excited, man. I probably had nine to 10 clients like that, like, like daily and dude, five or six of them was having the best financial years of their life. And they're like super pumped. So like that for me makes me like, makes me excited. Um, I'm doing a bunch of speaking now, man. I've, I've done stuff and I put it on pause when I had my last two fights. Um, I put it on pause cause I couldn't have to train, but I love going to schools, talking to kids, reaching out to them. And my book, man, it's a bestseller. I never thought I have a best-selling book. Uh, I'm obviously biased, but it's a good, quick read. I made the book 
like how I would want to read a book. I don't want to take a book and have to take two, three weeks to read it. I got it right. Um, uh oh, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Nikki's grabbing. He's grabbing the goods. He's grabbing the goods. I was going to say, I'll make an easy plug for you. Oh, look at that. There you go. See? Like, dude, I literally wrote that book like how I want a book to be read. I wrote it that you can sit there. If you're, if you're like, if you're a good reader, you can get through it in two, three hours. You know, if you're a slow reader, it may take you, you know, two movies, you know, four hours. But it has, you know, six key principles that I use that if I can master, man, you can master and you can get success. So there's literally six principles in that book that's going to set you up for success. Whether you want to take it or leave it, it's up to you and it's not going to cost you a million dollars. I think you get on Amazon for like 15 bucks. So if, 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 you're, if your happiness is worth $15, then by all means, go grab the book. But I'm, I'm excited for you, Nikki. I, like, I'm, I can't wait to see this podcast blow up, man, because I had a, I had a blast. I don't, I don't have a clock down here. When I train my clients, I hide the clock from them so that they don't know how long I'm tortured. So I have no clue how long we've been going, but I feel like I can go for like forever. It's yeah, we, dude, we did an hour and a half. Holy shit, that's crazy. I know that. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that's figured the thing. Man, this has been great. And what I'm actually going to do, you just made me think of it. I'm going to buy a whole bunch of your books and I'm going to bring them on the road with me. And I, I'm going to do like, because I usually, I give people like rewards for stuff. That's going to be the thing. And uh, I'll start to link you up and, and tell them like, hey, book a session, you know, and I'll start to pimp that out too. Because you're obviously passionate about it, man. You're great at it. And that picture on there is sick, man. You show that to somebody <laughs> and say, yeah, I used to weigh 300 pounds. Fucking shredded in the cover of that book. Yeah. Man. Nah, man, I, I appreciate it, man, because honestly, man, it's crazy because people just, you don't understand it. Like, I, one of my mentors, you know, I literally, he said, the second you can help everybody solve their problems, all your problems start to slowly disappear. And I didn't understand that until you start to take the, take the, you know, the me, me, me factor out of it. And you start helping other people solve their problems. Like, literally, yours disappear because, you know, you'll, 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 you'll physically, good about yourself you know you'll start making more money and literally any of the phenomenal inventions they were just solving people's problems that's it like paper clips something so simple a napkin like post-its like the simplest thing was just solving people's problems the toilet bowl light bulb <laughs> everything was just solving your problem and it literally took on a whole new level and like like that's what my life and my legacy is about is like i want to impact like my goal sounded crazy man but i said it all the time I want to sell a million books, a million copies, and I want to change 10 million lives. And I figure if I do that, if a million books are sold, I'm going to hit 50% of those people who are going to freaking be ecstatic about it. And they're going to tell some people about it. And it's going to change 10 million lives. And by me speaking to kids and stuff, man, that's me saying, I want to tell people that, hey, I'm perfectly imperfect. If I can, you know, change and better my life, you know, so can you. So it's like, it's not like some guy on TV or some guy in a suit and tie who they can't relate to. Like, no, bro, I, I literally, I am you. Like, if I can do it, you can do it. You just got to honestly believe in yourself and, and like, the, the world, like, the world's your oyster. This day and age with social media, man, you can have a mentor. And like I said, it sounds so corny, but when people DM me, like, that, they think they're, they think that they're getting psyched up when I, when I respond. I'm pumped up because I'm, it's, it's feedback. It's letting you know that shit, man, because a lot of times people will post a comment, but they'll send you a message because they're just embarrassed. And they don't want to put their intimate details out there. And like that stuff is what's, what it's about, man. So uh, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm truly grateful for you for giving me this platform. Because now I'll be able to read somebody that I never, I never 
be able to. So that's awesome. I appreciate yeah, it. Um, I appreciate you so. taking the time on it. And no matter what you do, man, I'm always Team Chuck, man. I'm a big supporter of you and everything you do. I think you're awesome. Um, give your, uh, your your social media handle so people, if they're listening and not watching, they'll know how to get you. Perfect, perfect. I made it super easy, man. My uh, Instagram, I just changed it. It's Truck Gordon, at Truck Gordon, T-R-U-C-K. Is that how it sound? Gordon, G-O-R-D-O-N, no A-N. So Truck Gordon uh, on Instagram, on Facebook, my verified page. So you know it's me is, you know, Truck Gordon. Um, uh, Instagram, I'm sorry, Twitter, I'm still Truck MMA underscore UFC. I don't use Twitter as much as I used to. I got to start going back on there. I got a pretty good following that they probably mad at me yelling at me because I'm not on there anymore. But um, I'm going to get back on there. It's just I've been spending a lot of time, you know, coaching people, man. So it's really hard to keep up with all the different social media platforms. But I'm going to make it. I'm going to find time, whether it's 10 minutes a day, just to interact with those people as well. But Truck Gordon, man, just, you know, it's, it's, it, I'm everywhere, man. I'm not, I, try, I try to be – I try to just always give something passionate. I just started something on my YouTube channel too, which I'm excited about. I do like a little new series, man. It's called Passion for Monday Morning. Because everybody hates Monday morning, but I look at it as like when you're an entrepreneur, when you're trying to better yourself, every day is Monday morning. That's just the, the, the day switch. It doesn't matter for me. Like I get up every single day and I try to better myself. And I'm going to implement your system, Nick, about doing three things. Because sometimes I think I get over, over, over hyped up and try to do too much. I'm going to do three things every single day. So I love that. Um, got Randy's empowerment, man. Look him up. I, I stole that from him. Dude, Randy's the man. I, I, I love it. I'm definitely going to look him up because I'm a big believer in, you know, and, and I see your success. I see how you're grinding. And, dude, you always find time to shoot me a text or shoot me something whenever you're in, in town. Like, I appreciate that, man. You really realize or not. And that's why, like, when I can help you do anything, like, I, I'm like, I, I believe in it because, like, you're one, of the, you're one of, like, the real friends I do have. So I'm definitely, like, grateful for you, man. I'm happy to call you a friend, man. I'm happy for your time, and I'm, I'm really glad that we got to do this, and I hope we can do this a little bit more, man. Thank you, man. Definitely take life by the balls, and you will not be somebody at the end of your life that has any regrets, and uh, I respect that, and I love it, man. Uh-huh.